0: The ability to summarize the whole car and covering each and every aspect of it in just a few minutes in a fun and interesting way is something I've always been fascinated by. And thus, I always wanted to have an automotive journalist on my podcast because I have been a fan of this field from a long time. Today, we have with us Nicola Hume. She has been in this field of automotive journalism from a long time and she is a car reviewer at Carwire UK. So we have tried to break down her journey with cars, with automotive journalism on this episode of Shift with Motor Drift. Welcome, Nicola. Glad to have you on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. This is very nice, isn't it? Lovely.
0: Yeah, it is. So my first question for you is when and how did your journey with cars started? You know, like at what age did the interest start to develop?
1: Um, Yeah. I can't even tell you an age because it was just one of those that even as a kid, you just noticed every car that was driving past you and you just ended up falling in love with that car. My dad, I remember when I was very young, he always had motorbikes and I always loved his motorbikes but he never let me go and get a motorbike licence because I was always told that you're going to have an accident, you're going to fall off you're going to hurt yourself. So I was always told I was never allowed to get a bike licence but um, after he got rid of his motorbike he got an old classic Triumph Spitfire and it was just one of those even when I was learning to drive when I was 17 he let me take out the Spitfire and I just absolutely loved it and then it it became I mean presenting wise it became a a, a weird journey for me because I actually started in tech Hmm. So I started talking about smartphones, and laptops and things. And I was working with um, O2 and stuff on their YouTube channel and being one of their presenters. But it ended up I, I was presenting in tech, but always had that interest in cars. But I mean, to move over from tech to cars was just really straightforward because essentially you're just sat in giant tech, aren't hmm. you, really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how I moved into car presenting was starting in tech and then moving over to
0: and uh, what is the car culture at the place you live in? Pardon? What is the car culture at the place you live in? You know, like, are there exotics all around? Or, you know, like, are, is there a tuning culture of cars? For, like something there's, like that. There's
1: a, it, there's a mixed bag where I am. It's It it's depends on who is driving. I mean, like, so my neighbor has a Jeep. And then you've got my other neighbor has a VW Golf um my day to day car is a fiat 500 sorry yeah. it's my dog by the way no <laughs> he's probably going to come and sit on my lap because he loves to yeah. cuddle um but for me for car buyers so every, so every other week i get a car delivery and i get to drive each car for a week at a go today um which i'm hoping might not interrupt us too much um mm-hmm. i'm getting expected car delivery very soon I'm getting a Vauxhall Mocker. Um, today, the new Vauxhall Mokka, which is very exciting. It's only been out or was only released a couple of weeks ago. So I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that one. So mm. I'll have that for a no? um Yeah, around it's very varied, but it's pretty much day to day general cars around where we are, nothing too fancy, which is a shame. I'd mm. rather look at fancy, naturally.
0: Yeah. And uh, Nicola, when and how did you step into this field of automotive journalism?
1: So I was presenting in tech, like I said. So I was working with O2 yeah. um, and I was presenting their stuff. Uh, so if there was a new smartphone out, etc. Then I went from O2, I was then contacted by a magazine, a tech magazine called Stuff Magazine, which is quite big over here in the UK. It's quite a big magazine mm. um, that said, do you want to come and do tech with us? And I went, okay, I can do that. So went over and started doing some tech with Stuff Magazine. And under the same umbrella, which is all run by something called Haymarket Media, they're all kind of under the same umbrella, uh, was what car and auto car. And it was one of those, we were, we were filming with some tech stuff, doing some smartphone stuff. And I was just chatting to a couple of the guys saying, I've always had an interest in cars. You know, I love cars, et cetera. And they said, well, would you like to just come and do some stuff? With what car? Because if you love and have an interest in cars, it's always great to have someone that that loves cars that wants to talk about cars. I was like, I can do that. I can do that. So then I just essentially just moved over to what car and to auto car and started doing a lot of their uh, bits and bobs. But with them, it was more promotional things. So I wasn't really able to have a complete opinion about each car I was driving or each car uh, I was talking about or filming with um, so it was very much regardless of the car because the client be it i don't know voxel or audi or whatever because they were paying for it you, it was a case that you had to be very positive about that car um, and then uh, i don't even know how car buyer came along it was just one of those i i heard through a friend that car buyer Needed somebody new for their channel. So um, I contacted Steve, who's basically, he runs um, Dennis Publishing, or he runs like Car Buyer, et cetera, over at Dennis. And, and I went, So I hear that you need someone new for Car Buyer. Hi, mm. I can do that. Um, and then they got me in, we had a little chat. And then it was about a year later, because of COVID, it was about a year later that I started them, because I was supposed to start with Car Buyer last March. But then uh, coronavirus happened and everything had to all go into lockdown. So I didn't officially start with them until September, but it was supposed to be a lot longer before, or a lot earlier than that, sorry. Behave yourself, please. This yeah, so it's, so
0: it's been about an year, I guess, at Carbuyer.
1: At Carbuyer, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So how has been the journey so far?
1: Oh my God, I love it, I love it. The, the, guys, the guys at Carbuyer are an absolute dream to work with they're so much fun um it's great because I can just be me I'm allowed to be me I'm not being Nicola the presenter I'm not I'm not being Nicola the you know I've got to hold myself back because I've got to be nice and formal and talk about all this corporate stuff I can just be me and if I like a car I like a car if I don't like something I can talk about it and I think that's just awesome the fact that you can just voice your opinions I mean not everyone will agree with my opinion on certain things, you know, like in, in VW cars, some people might like the, the touchy, slidey infotainment controls, but, you know, if I don't like them, I can say that I don't like them. And I kind of like that.
0: Mm. So it's
1: nice to be given the opportunity to have an actual opinion <laughs> on things. <laughs> but it's also great fun. Rich and the team over at Car Buyer are just awesome. Such great fun. So I'm just gonna have to sip my coffee. Mm.
0: So, Nicola, can you please explain to the audience the step-by-step process of reviewing a car, you know, from the start to the end?
1: Mm. Um, So, like today, for example, I'm getting a car delivery today. Now, I (laughs) knew, bless you, I knew that I was getting that car delivery uh, probably about three weeks ago. So, that would be when we know what car we're expected to film with or what car we're expected to review. Um. So the delivery is coming today. I've already done all of my research into the car. Do you just do a whole bucket load of Googling, essentially? Um, Just Google everything. And then we have a team sort of behind the car buyer that help write bits and bobs. So a lot of the technical side of things, they help write and sort of script that and put that together. So, you know, roughly how you're going to word things and stuff when you're going to talk about it. And then the car will arrive. I will get the car for a week and we film on Fridays so I will have the the car for a good couple of days and I'll be be able to experience life with it and what I do which I know Rich does the same we live a day-to-day life with each car to know what it's like to live with because I think if anyone's buying a car that is the most important thing is what is this car like to live with can you get I, I mean I don't have children but can you get a child's car seat in there can you get your weekly shopping at Tesco's can you get that in the boot what's that like just to take it on a little day trip what's it like to do long journeys so those the next couple of days that will be me living in that car I will I won't drive my own car at all I use every press car I use it for my day-to-day life regardless of what car it is so even a couple of weeks ago when I had a Bentley flying spur I took it to my local supermarket because you've got to see what the car is like to live with, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'll have a good look. I mean, I already know about, I know. already know how much power and stuff is all under the engine because we get sent a spec sheet from uh, the company. So I've got a spec sheet from Vauxhall saying this is the engine, this is how much power it's got, etc., etc. So you know what's underneath the bonnet before it arrives, but you then get your own sense of how the car feels to drive, what it's like, what the technology inside is like. And then when it comes to a filming day, um, we are filming up in Ipswich at the moment. So it's about a two and a half hour drive from where I live. So I'll get up at about 4.30 in the morning and we'll drive up to Ipswich for the two and a half hour drive. and. Yeah, the the car buyer team will be there, and we'll have a jolly good filming day. We have to make sure that we cover everything. So we've got the interior, the exterior. Make sure you do the boot, what it's like to drive, what does the car feel like, what's the braking like, what's the power like, etc. Mm. And yeah, just making sure that you cover every single bit. And then at the end of the day, which is the bits that I always quite enjoy, we do things that are called tracking shots, which I guess you've probably heard of. So essentially, I'll be, I, we drive the car around the track and then mm. there'll be a car that's in front of our car that films us driving around yeah. the track. Mm. And then you keep driving around the track. And then there'll be all the camera crew that are sort of dotted around that will film you driving around the track. Um, so that for me is my favourite bit because sometimes when you're going around the track, you're allowed to put your foot down a little bit and experience mm. the speed and power of each car, which I have to say, in the Bentley Flying Spur, was blooming good fun.
0: <laughs> that's one like fast car. I have seen the acceleration oh. numbers and the top speed numbers. It's on par with, you know, some of the Lamborghinis and Ferraris. Yeah. yeah. That
1: was, um, it was unbelievable. It was, I, I described it as driving a very fast, very expensive pillow. <laughs> <Is anyone laughs> to explain it? Because you sat, I, I, I remember I sat in it, the car got delivered to my house. I sat in the car and I said to the guy that delivered it, I went, wow, this is unbelievable. You could smell the price of the car. You could <laughs> smell how expensive it was. Hmm. And all it took was just to put your foot down a little bit and it was gone. Hmm. But because of the sheer comfort of it, you didn't realize how fast you were going. Hmm. The next thing I knew I was going 80 miles an hour, but it was going, 0 to, it goes not to 16, like four seconds we had the v8 engine you go for the w12 engine it does it in like 3.5 seconds but yeah it did it in four seconds and i was like wow i've never got to the supermarket so fast <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, like what's the typical range of cars you know like you can expect to drive from like like from the like uh, from the most affordable to the most expensive cars what is the range
1: Okay, so so the most expensive I have driven is, is the Bentley, which hmm. was uh, just over two hundred thousand pounds. It's two hundred five thousand um, pounds. We've also covered uh, the Aston Martin DBX, which is the DBX, the SUV. Hmm. So that was around one hundred eighty grand. But then we'll you know we'll cover the high end I twenty. Hmm. We'll cover that. We, we cover pretty much everything because that's what people need to see. I mean, the day-to-day cars that we'll be driving, like the the mocker that I'll be getting today, that is an everyday car to most people, something that will fall into the budget for most people. It's worth around 27 grand. You know, it'll be around 340 quid a month if you're going to do finance. So that is normally around what the average family would be able to afford. So that's normally where we tend to stay, around that sort of car. But we, yeah, we cover... We cover everything, Mm -hmm. pretty much. Electric, petrol, hybrid, the lot.
0: For every range of buyer. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and we get to experience everything. I've never driven so many cars. It's awesome.
0: (laughs) It's the perfect job.
1: Isn't Uh, it? It's not wasted on me. It's not wasted on me, how lucky I am. I absolutely love it. I love it.
0: Well, do you have a count of how many cars you have reviewed till date?
1: Oh my god! I couldn't tell you. <laughs> uh, hundreds. I've got absolutely no idea. Yeah, a lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot yeah. What are you doing, please?
0: And, Sorry, uh,
1: he's he's just jumping all over the sofa at the minute, but ignore him. Okay
0: no worries no worries now <laughs> how has been the journey from reviewing the first car to the latest one that you have reviewed
1: i think we've definitely found our feet now you know at, for, at first you get when, when you start with a new company so when i started with car buyer um you you don't know how far you can take things You know, uh, I mean, even with my first chat with him when I had a coffee, I was like, just, am I allowed to just be me? Just to, Mm -hmm. you know, show my personality? And they went, yeah, go for it. I was like, that's awesome. But now we've all worked together for so long, you know exactly what you need. You know what needs to be done. You know um, what we're going to do next. You go, well, it's easier if we start with the exterior stuff. Okay, fantastic, let's do that. And then we'll go on to the interior. Okay, great. So I think it's more of a comfort thing now the fact that everything is now so much more straightforward we know what to achieve and how to achieve it and I can I can understand what each person that we work with wants and needs basically
0: yeah and uh, how has you know like your reviewing evolved from reviewing the first car that you reviewed to the latest one like like you must be nervous when you reviewed a first car you know, like, you won't be as pres- as presentable in front of the camera as you are now. So...
1: Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, because I had already started presenting, hmm. the, the presenting side of things has never really given me any fear. That's all just been a... Uh, I've been a presenter for a very long time now. Hmm. You know, I worked in radio for, for seven years. I did a breakfast show for seven years. Hmm. Um, so presenting has never really been a, a worry for me. It's more just making sure that I get the information across that I would tend to worry about. Um, but actually being on camera, it's, it's, it's part of a day-to-day thing now. Hmm. But yeah, even when I, first, when I first started presenting, my goodness, oh, that was, we're looking at probably about, we're probably closing in on 12 years ago, something like that when I started presenting. Hmm. And back then, I think I I was pretending to be a presenter. That's what Mm. it was. Mm. And I would go on camera and go, I am a presenter, therefore I talk like this. And I (laughs) am going to tell this and say this and say this, Mm. Um, which is not what people do. When you watch someone presenting on the telly, you're watching them because you are watching them as a person, not because they are pretending to be a presenter. Hmm. So I'd just go on camera and just be me, really. I mean, you see some YouTube comments and people going, oh, she's clearly trying too hard. And you're like, well, I'm actually not because I'm just being me. So there we go. <laughs> yeah.
0: I have seen some of the comments on your reviews and people love your energy.
1: Seen... That seems quite nice. Yeah, people mm. seem to like me, which is nice. You get mm. the occasional few. I'm not going to be loved by everyone. That's just the way it is. You know, you can't please everybody.
0: Yeah, But the majority
1: seem to be quite happy, which is nice. Mm.
0: And uh, what do you prefer a car? Like with a manual transmission or an automatic transmission?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Automatic around town, I Mm. think is brilliant. When you're stuck in traffic yeah, and you just don't want to have to keep using your feet all the time. You don't want to have Mm. to keep using your left foot, putting the clutch Mm. down all the time. But... The joy of having a manual, I, I've, I mean, I've only really driven, my own cars have always just been manual mm. because I've always enjoyed the experience and knowing that you have full control of the car. Mm. And a lot of the press cars that we get sent, a lot of them are automatic now. <clears throat> now that just are, kind of seems to be the way things are moving forward. I mean, especially when it comes to electric cars, you know, they're all automatic, aren't they? Because it's just you know, forward, backwards, there's no gears. Um, which I am getting used to, but I did get a full Kuma ST about a month ago, which was a manual. Hmm. And it's just, I think I enjoy those a lot more. They're way more fun. A manual is way more fun. Whereas an automatic automatic is a lot more practical, hmm. basically. But if you want to have a bit more fun, I'd go for a manual.
0: Yeah. Like in a stop and go traffic, you won't want to drive a manual. You just want an automatic. Hmm. Yeah, but when yeah. it comes to fun, like driving around the mountains, I guess manual does the job the best.
1: Yes, yeah, because then you can just go up and down the gears, you have full control of how you're going to mm-hmm. take the corners, whereas a yeah. manual, it's, you just have that, uh, an automatic, so you've just got those options of just forward and back, which is, as much as I adore, I do love electric cars, and it is the mm. future that is the way forward, that is where we're going, mm. um, I would miss driving a manual. I definitely Mm. would Mm. once everything is all electric.
0: That upshifting and downshifting part is, you know, like part of that experience and to see that go away is like not that good.
1: Yeah. So people that I know that have only got an automatic driving license, a friend of mine Mm. only has an automatic driving license because she just Mm. couldn't figure out the manual. And I said to her, I was like, you're missing out. You're missing out on Mm. such a brilliant experience of driving a manual car. Mm-hmm. Of that opportunity to, to go up the gears, go down the gears and really sort of grind into the corners and you're going down into second and you're just going to power it. And then, yeah, mm. again, like a six, six speed manual gearbox and absolutely going for it is, yeah. is awesome.
0: And now manual transmissions are, you know, like more reserved to limited edition cars nowadays that I'm seeing. Like affordable cars are getting automatic transmission more and more. And like companies like mm. Porsche are focusing on making manual transmission. nowadays. these days for only the top tier of the people who can afford their cars, you know, supercars, some mm. of the supercars. So I guess like manual in future will be reserved only for a few people.
1: Yeah, or they'll just keep everything with automatic and just use the paddles. That's that's mm. what it will just end up staying as, which is a shame because having having that gear stick, mm. yeah, it's way more fun.
0: Now, what's the best car that you have reviewed to, the, to date that you might want to review again?
1: We've already spoken about the Bentley. Yeah, we have. But I'm going to bring up the... Uh, I've very much enjoyed the Ford Puma ST, mm. which is um well for anyone it's a day-to-day car really Mm. but I loved it because that had some power under the bonnet and it went for it was bright green this car was bright green we named it Kermit because it was that kind of green Mm -hmm. and the and the experience of driving it I even messaged Ford afterwards and I said to them I was like look I don't know what you're doing with this press car once it's done its press rounds but once it's done, if it's not promised to anyone, I'd very much like to buy this car <laughs> because I just fell in love with it. Like the sports they had, like awesome Recaro sports seats that just <laughs> held you in position. And then when you're driving and whizzing around corners, it was like the nose, even though it's like a small SUV, the nose is like just tucks into corners and it was just so much fun to drive. I absolutely adored that car. Bit plain on the inside, but that's fine with me. If it's good fun, I'll still love it anyway. That was fine with me. Good car that, 4 Puma mm. ST. I think that's going to be my next car actually. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Great. And uh, like has has there ever been a car which you are like like I just want to get rid of this car as soon as
1: possible? <laughs> um yeah, there's been a couple. <laughs> um wasn't a fan of the high end i20. I, they look nice on the outside mm. they look that you know they're, they're getting much better like so we had the Hyundai Tucson which mm. was the SUV and that was an awesome car really enjoyed having that car um, but the i20 you sat in it and everything just felt really cheap mm. and even though it is a cheap it's cheap because it's a cheap car mm. but it felt cheap you can mm. get cheaper cars that can somehow look a little bit expensive or feel a bit more expensive but that was one of those where I sat in it and I actually said, I went like that. I went, oh no. Oh, <laughs> I just didn't, yeah, didn't like that much at all. Um, I'm trying to think it, if there's been any others. Not really many. It's very nice in person. Lovely mm. car.
0: Mm.
1: Even the guy that just dropped it off was like, this is the first one I've driven of this. This was very nice. Yeah, lovely. So there we go. That's a car delivery for you. you got to okay. experience a car delivery. Hmm. They literally just turn up at the door and give you the keys because of COVID.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, it's literally just, here's a car. You go, thanks. Hmm.
0: <laughs> I'm resuming, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how has been the change been for you from, you know, like from reviewing mostly petrol cars to electric cars?
1: Um it was a big change for me. I still, I still struggle with electric cars a little bit. I don't have anything against them. Hmm. They are the future, and they are just getting better and better and better. Um, but there's little, little things that I love about them, like how quick they are. As soon as you put your foot down, and they just go for it. Hmm. But there's little things that I struggle with still, like the ID3 and the ID4, for example. Hmm. Um, I, I remember I sat in the ID3, and it took me forever just to find the handbrake. And I was like, "Where's the handbrake? I don't understand where this had, Because there was nothing in there. The car is mm. practically empty. Mm. You're sitting there. You've literally got a steering wheel, and then you've got the uh, the sort of shifter on the on the right, just behind the steering wheel, that is, you know, forwards, backwards, park. Lovely. <laughs> um, and I couldn't find the handbrake anywhere. And then I had to get out of the car, and then eventually find it and sort of lean out of the car and then found it because it was on the side behind the steering wheel it's Hmm. little things like that
0: Hmm. that you're
1: like you haven't thought about this you haven't thought about you've put a handbrake where if you're sat in the driver's seat you don't know where the handbrake is you can't see it
0: Hmm.
1: um and the fact that you have to be sat in the car for it to be able to be turned on or if your door is open then the car won't go forward it's little Hmm. things like that that i think once those have all been tidied up and taken away Mm. then we're on to a winner. Mm. I mean, nine times out of 10, with an electric car, a lot of people worry about the range of a car. So if a car Mm. can do, you know, more than 200 miles on one charge. But let's be honest, Mm. how often are you going to do a random more than 200-mile journey? Very, Mm. very rarely. Mm. You're only going to be using it to go wherever you go, like a half-hour drive or whatever. Mm. And normally you would know that there's a charging point on the other end. You've probably charged it overnight at home.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
1: think we're slowly getting used to it. Mm-hmm. The inconvenience of having to stop and charge mm-hmm. isn't as drastic as people will seem to make out that it mm-hmm. is. I know that normally you can just pull up and fill up a tank of petrol or a tank of diesel or whatever. It takes mm-hmm. five, ten minutes. And the fact that you've got to stop for half half hour, 40 minutes to charge an electric car. But it's very rare that you would have to do that so often mm. when actually, if you've got home charging, then it shouldn't be too difficult at all. I think, I think we're getting there, but mm. I'm not fully convinced yet. Not fully convinced. I will eventually be fully electric, but for the time being, I'm not there yet. Mm. But in, t- in uh, 2030 here in the UK, you won't hmm. be able to buy a petrol or diesel car anymore. They're not selling them anymore. So we will have to make the changeover at some point. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but yeah, I'm not there yet. Give hmm. me a few more years. I'll get there.
0: Hmm. But electric cars do suffer with some of you know the ergonomic issues, like for drivers. Like you told about that handbrake thing. So yeah, there are some ergonomic issues still, which are which are left to be resolved. Uh, but have you ever driven a Tesla?
1: No, never. Uh-huh. I've, I've, been, I've been a passenger in a Tesla, but I've never driven one. It's just, just one of those that's kind of slipped through the gaps for me. And I don't know why. But um, yeah, I've, I've never driven one. Never. And I'm gutted that I haven't. I'm sure I will very mm. soon, hopefully. Mm. But yeah, never driven a Tesla. Have you?
0: No, not yet.
1: No. Yeah.
0: So like, which model did you get a ride in? Which model did you get a ride in? Like, Was it the Model S or the Model X or the Model 3?
1: It was the Model 3. uh, Model 3 I had. I was a passenger in. Yeah, Hmm. which was a very nice experience. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan, especially as a dog owner. Hmm. I love the fact that you could leave the dog in the car and it keeps the car at a certain temperature. It's like they Hmm. thought of everything. Hmm. You can leave the car at a certain temperature so you know the car won't get too hot if you leave the dog in the car while you just Hmm. walk into the shops away. There's little things that Elon Musk has thought of that you kind of go, oh, I mean, they win everything, don't they?
0: Mm.
1: Uh, that's at what the Tesla moment, every electric car is only ever going to be compared to a Tesla. Yeah. Um, And eventually, we're everything will change. I mean, the amount mm. of electric cars now,
0: mm.
1: I mean, the Mocha is a petrol car that I've just received now that's a, a petrol car. But there is the Mocker E, which mm. will do around just over 200 miles. Mm. Um. And every, everyone is now releasing an electric car, you know, mm. it's the way forward. And eventually everyone will catch up with Tesla. Mm. Give it time. Mm.
0: But Tesla is the current king at the moment. Just the king.
1: And probably yeah. will be for a lot longer. Mm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, you know, like, what are the perks of being in this field? Like, do you get to attend car shows or motorsport events for free or something like that?
1: Well, it's it's been a it's been a weird year, hasn't it? So mm. there hasn't actually been any events at all. I mean, even mm. you know the Car Buyer Awards, we had to do that over. We recorded that over Zoom. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping in the next few years there'll be bigger events that I can attend. I mean, when I was when I was working in tech, we were going to phone launches and stuff all the time.
0: Mm. So
1: now now there's more sort of now I'm doing a lot more car stuff. Mm. I'm hoping that. Well, I'm hoping to attend everything. That would be nice. Hmm. Um, But yeah, for the time being, nothing has been happening. So (laughs) I wouldn't know.
0: Hmm.
1: What are you doing?
0: Well, one of the perks might be, you know, like getting to drive so many different types of cars.
1: Yeah. Even, Hmm. yeah, cars that like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Prospect cars. Is that Hmm. the right word? where they kind of go, we've got this idea for a cast. So we just did like a rough idea, like the Cybertruck, for example.
0: Yeah.
1: I was gutted that I didn't get to go to that event for the Cybertruck mm. because that would have been awesome to sit in that because that mm-hmm. is a flipping tank.
0: Yeah. <laughs> looks so cool.
1: <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah, Looks like it's straight from a Star Wars movie or something like that.
1: Yeah, it does. Mm. That's what I said. I said that to my husband. I was like, it looks mm. like it's something from Star Wars because it's just that, that design of... and the wheels and everything just but even all the interior looks so Mm. modern but from Mm. the outside it's like Mm. it's either from star wars or Mm. like from a lego set or something Mm.
0: (laughs) and when it came out you know like the looks were very very polarizing some people were a fan of it and some people hated it but eventually 90 percent of the people started loving it and there are still you know a small percentage of people that don't like the design because it's too
1: yeah, you know, when you release something a little bit different, you know, hmm. not everyone's going to love it at first. But yeah, eventually people sort of sway towards it, didn't they? Hmm.
0: Now, uh, the field of automotive journalism looks very good from the outside. You know, like just reviewing cars all day long. But what are some of the challenges that you face as a journalist that are not talked about?
1: And um, the amount of research that has to go into each review. Mm -hmm. um is i mean uh, so i have a guy called will who is just awesome who helps compile the script and sort of put everything together because Mm -hmm. there is so much information you have to get across Mm -hmm. i mean you can sit in it's so easy if someone wants to be a car reviewer they can go and get a car and go this car can do this and it feels great but the fact is you have to get the information across. And you, mm. and people, because they want to know everything. They want to mm. know the price. They want to know mm. the engine range. They want to know every engine range. Mm. They also want to know what model this car is. Does mm. this model have any extras added on top? Does this have a certain particular tech pack that you can add on mm. top? How much is that going to cost? And it's the sheer amount of stuff that comes with each car that takes so much research and also when it comes to filming Mm. I mean I don't physically film them myself because I'm on camera but the amount of detail that the film team have to get of each car I mean obviously they're used to it now because now Mm. they know where to look and what to do but when we film with the Bentley even the camera crew were saying there is so much to film there's so much Mm. because there's so much within that one car and they have to show it because Mm. people want to see it so you have to show the fact that there's a mini fridge, show where all the logos are, show mm. what this does, show what that does. What does that button do? There's 10,000 buttons here, but you have to show every single one. What does it do? Mm. Diddle and mm.
0: it's,
1: it's the sheer amount of work that goes into each video. I mean, from a YouTube perspective, someone could just mm. click on the video and watch it. And it's a, a nice seven, eight minute video. And they'll go, oh, lovely. But mm. they don't realize the amount of work mm. that's gone into creating that seven minute video video yeah
0: that seven eight minute video like takes like i don't know how many hours to just make Mm. yeah
1: it's not just the filming yeah Mm. i mean the the filming day itself is is a long day Mm. um but then it's the editing but it's Mm. it's it's all the research that goes behind the whole thing Mm. it's just yeah there's so much work that goes into it and mm-hmm. I, and i w- I would be lying if I said that I did all of it because I don't mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's there's a whole there's a whole team involved mm-hmm. that helps put everything together, you know mm-hmm.
0: yeah now, since the day you stepped into this field, what are the changes that you have seen like how has this field of automotive journalism evolved?
1: Um well, I think it's now a lot more visual than it is written and mm. um, people will read a written review if they are genuinely interested in the car but everything is now a lot more visual mm. and it all comes down to particular brands of cars like we've noticed there might be a car that we absolutely loved mm. but actually the hits on on YouTube haven't been that big because mm-hmm. they're not that much of a popular car
0: yeah so
1: um, like the so the Kia Sorento which was uh, reviewed by Rich, who is my mm. presenting partner, is the editor mm. of Car Buyer. Um, that video has gone through the roof, and that mm. is because it's such a popular car. Because mm. clearly, a lot of people are googling Kia Sorento, and mm. then the video will come up rather than reading the physical
0: mm.
1: reviews of things. So, I, I think definitely it, it's a more visual experience now than it is a, a, a written experience.
0: Mm. And uh, what are your future plans in this field of automotive journalism? Your future plans?
1: Um, I would like to stay with Car buyer for a lot longer because um, mm. I'm I'm having a great time with them, mm. and I feel like I'm part of the team now. So I'm mm. you know I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, the, the dream the dream is to just review and drive more cars go to more events Mm. experience more things when people now do updated versions of each car i want to drive that car i want to be able to feel the difference between so like when we had the when the puma was released we had the puma Mm -hmm. and then we had the puma st was released so then we had the puma st and being able to make those um comparisons between the two Mm. cars you know i just want to drive more things essentially and yeah if that's if that continues with car buyer then that's fantastic for me because I'm loving it
0: perfect and uh what do you think that the future is going to be for this field of automotive journalism in particular like in your views what is going to be the future of this field
1: uh well the future is electric
0: hmm. the future
1: is electric hmm. um so I think Car buyer will stay as a a channel, but I think a lot of the cars will be more electric-based, hybrid, plug-in hybrid-based. Um, I think diesel's on the way out. Mm. I mean, diesel was on the way out a long time ago, but the fact Mm. that that there are still diesel cars being sold, but just not for all, I don't, they're not Mm. as popular anymore. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think the future is electric and I think the future is exciting. In a way because some of the electric cars and the designs that you're seeing now are just mind-blowing what these mm. cars are capable of are just incredible i mean seeing mm. tesla but also seeing the smaller cars seeing mm. the id3 and knowing what this id3 which has just been built from scratch as an electric car knowing what that's capable of and we're only on that first version is just Mm. going to get better and better and better. It's just going to get Mm. faster. It's going to get further. It's going to get high tech. It's going to get so much more awesome. Mm. The design is going to get better as well. And then you've got other brands, the Volvo uh, XC40. I drove the electric version of that last week. Mm. And even that at first you sit in it and you go, Oh, okay. Well, this just feels like a normal car. I think Mm. electric is going to be the new every day, which means, People are going to be driving around town a lot quicker. <laughs> That's what I think. That first little push, you just kind of go, mm-hmm. Yeah. Future and, is electric.
0: Yeah. And self-driving cars are, you know, like becoming normal these days. Mm. That is going to be another. But well,
1: it's thing. like, so, so our house where we live,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we are in talks now to so basically dig up the the drive at the back. Mm. So we have a garage, but the garage isn't attached to our house. Mm-hmm. So we don't actually have a home charging point where we are, but mm. the fact is, because electric is going to be such a huge thing, mm. I do think every house has to come with a charging point now. Mm. Mm. If you're going to if you're going to move house and you want to buy somewhere new, knowing that that car has an electric car charging point or a wall box mm. is going to make that car more is going to make that house story a lot more valuable when you're going to want to buy that house. Mm. So what we're going to do very soon, actually around the back of the house where our garage is we've spoken to our neighbor and we're going to sort of team up and basically dig up so Mm. then we can put power into the garage so we can put an electric charging point even though we neither of us have an electric car yet yeah um i think it's important to to prep and Mm. have that ready so then eventually if we do have to sell the house Mm. we know the house comes with a charging point or if eventually Mm. we get an electric car we're ready and prepared to do it
0: Mm. Because either the consumer has to come up with a plan to, you know, like install a charging point in his or her home, or either the <laughs> either the manufacturer has to, you know, like find a way out for this. For people like who don't have homes, uh, which can be integrated with chargers. So it will require some efforts from both the sides.
1: Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, mm. you've got, if people, if someone's living in a flat, then mm. you don't know how they're going to have if they've got a garage, then maybe mm. they might be able to figure a way of getting power to the garage mm. to them doing that. If they don't, if they've got a flat but they don't have a garage or they just mm. have on street parking, then they're going to need to figure out there needs to be a way mm. of having on street charging and that it's not going to cost the consumer too much money. I mean, mm. in the long run, it makes it worth it, but in the time mm. being, it does make everything appear a lot more expensive.
0: Mm. Yeah. And uh, do you plan someday on reviewing cars for Top Gear?
1: (laughs) I'd be lied if I said I didn't want to. Um, That would be amazing. Uh, They found a good team though on Top Gear. The Top Gear team at the moment are brilliant. And Mm. it, it took them a while to find their feet once Clarkson and all that left. But I think they've now found their feet with it. So I don't think they'll be changing it anytime soon. But if they want to change it anytime soon and they want to give me a call, then, you know, I'm ready. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. They are literally the largest automotive content outlet.
1: Huge. Yeah. yeah, Globally as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Now, what advice would you give to a newbie who plans on entering this field of automotive journalism?
1: (laughs) Be yourself. Mm. that I think is the main key Uh, you know you see some car reviewers um and you sort of you watch them and you think I am uh, you're you're trying to give some information but I can't I want to see you and I think that's what makes it a lot more interesting for the viewer to watch every person is a car nut not everybody Mm. is Mm. but the fact is you're Next door neighbour, John next door, might just be interested in buying a a VW Tiguan or something. Mm. And he doesn't know anything about that car. Mm. And he doesn't know where to start with that car. Mm. And he's going to watch some reviews. And if you're Mm. just going to sit there and just talk about it and be a bit boring about it, he's going to go, I'm bored, switch it off. Mm. So if you're able to put a little bit of personality into what you do Mm. and show you and show what you're like and your genuine experience and your genuine way of living with that car, mm. then people can connect with you and they'll understand exactly how you're feeling. And I think I think that's the key to moving forward. You know, if people see me mm. taking a Bentley to Tesco's mm. to go and do my mm. weekly shop, mm. then they'll go, well, if you could take it to Tesco's, I might be able to take it to Tesco's, because you can,
0: mm. you know. Exactly. I,
1: yeah, there's, there's no harm in just being you and showing a mm. bit of personality.
0: Mm. And the first reviewer, you know, which I saw that uh, he was being he, like his original self was Matt Watson from Carvo.
1: Wow. Oh, yeah, he's. I awesome. love
0: his car yeah. reviews.
1: He's brilliant. He's brilliant. Uh, I mean, I've like I've been watching him for for a long time, and uh, mm. yeah, I, I think he's fantastic. He he is just one of those that's just not afraid to be himself, and I think mm. that is the way forward. Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't met him yet. I'd like to meet him one day. That'd be nice. Hmm.
0: All the, you know, like the stupid, <laughs> stupid stuff and the quirky stuff he does on the screen that just makes him, you know, like more, just much more likable.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. does. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I think he's brilliant. He's brilliant what he does. He hmm. knows what he likes. Hmm. Not everyone agrees with his opinions. Hmm. You know, he's not a fan of Hyundai. He's not a fan of, you know, Korean cars or whatever. Hmm. Um, And he's not afraid to say it, but hmm. go for it. Mm. Um, but so not everyone's going to agree with him but you watch him because he's interesting and he's entertaining but he's also just being him and I like that Hmm.
0: now Nicola do you have any parting words for the audience
1: oh oh, I don't know what do people normally say when it comes to this (laughs) do they normally say something really inspiring
0: (laughs) Yeah, just like something I don't, I just
1: don't have any like inspirational words. Hmm. Um <laughs> uh okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna plug then that's what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna say subscribe to the car by YouTube channel hmm. and watch out for every review. Whatever car you're interested in, I guarantee we will be covering it at some point if we haven't already done it. Hmm. because we will cover every single car from the cheapest car to the most expensive car. Um, so hopefully I would quite like to have a a Porsche 911. That would be nice. Sometimes I think a Porsche 911 needs reviewing and I think it needs to be done by me.
0: (laughs) And maybe a McLaren. Um,
1: Oh, that would be nice. Oh my goodness. So where we film? So we're filming some, uh, we film in different locations and stuff at the moment. Because of COVID, hmm. it's hard to get slots where we are. Hmm. So we film at a place sometimes called Long Cross, which is a film hmm. studio, hmm. uh, which is uh, in Surrey. Hmm. And that is where McLaren hmm. come and they do test drives for their cars before hmm. they sell them on. Uh, hmm. Or just like while they've made it, the manufacturers come and do a couple of test laps. So sometimes while we're in the middle of filming, you can't help but pause and just go, Ooh. As you see, a McLaren just whizzing past. It's just Mm. so awesome. Yeah. (laughs) One day, one day. we will. For
0: sure, one day for
1: sure.
0: (laughs) I trust it will. Your dream will come true soon, soon as possible. Yeah. That
1: would
0: be nice. Thank you, Nicola, for being on the podcast. I loved having you as a guest. Thank you
1: for having me, and well done with this podcast, by the way. I've, I've watched quite a few now. I've been enjoying them. They're nice chats.
0: Oh, thank you thank you really (laughs) means a lot
1: thank you very much thank you again nice to chat to you
0: yeah i trust we will have a future episode as well someday another episode
1: yeah maybe you know further down the line once i've done a few more yeah i'm Hmm. more than happy to come on and chat with you that was nice awesome thank you very much yeah bye bye